Hey friends, it's Gunnar Johnson with Youth for Christ and Jeff Thomas with Arceus Financial. We're excited to be with you. Today's topic is going to be stewards and not owners. Jeff, tell me a little bit about it. Well, uh, you know, we were talking a little before we started recording today about this is really a fundamental principle. You know, we're doing these uh, videos on sort of 12 biblical principles around sort of finances, but this has implications way beyond finances, I think. This is just kind of a fundamental way uh, we live our lives. And of course, you know me in the in the financial business, uh, I always think in terms of uh, uh, financial things. But, you know, one of the things we were joking about is you, you never see a, uh, a hearse, you know, pulling a U-Haul. You can't take it with you. So this idea of like obsessing over piling up things forever uh, I think that's some somewhat what our culture, it kind of is the default, like you never set a finish line or, or or this kind of thing. And so I think some of this is just an idea about who's in charge. Are we in charge and are we supposed to just pile this stuff up for ourselves or is God in charge? And if he's in charge, how should we behave? What what are kind of the, what are, what are the basic things you think about when we just, when you hear that phrase, steward, not owner? friend of mine said the other day, he said, those U-Haul drivers, they're the worst drivers on the planet. <laughs> it's funny. It's just every time I see one, I think about that. And it has nothing to do with the spiritual implications. It's just these are folks who never drove, drive big trucks that are driving. Exactly. exactly. As Anyways, yeah, I, I know this concept is like a fundamental life concept. If you study the Bible and money very much at all, this is a this is the cornerstone. God owns it. We're just managers, this whole stewardship. I mean, all studying of this topic comes right back to God being the owner, us being the managers, you know, stewardship's the word that's kind of the biblical word. But yeah, I mean, if you've got health issues, financial issues, you can take comfort in this. God owns it. We just manage it. You can surrender the business. You know, I've got a business. Sometimes we're in difficult times and I have to think, Lord, you own this. I'm managing it as best I can. But ultimately, this is your company. I mean, family issues, God, these are your kids. You've given them to me to manage, try to take care of them as best I can. But ultimately, it sort of takes the pressure off of us as we realize we don't really own it. We're not going to take it with us. We we only manage for a season, and it's a short season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you look at it in light of eternity. And I like that you made it more about, you know, you can make a business, uh, your business, your family, obviously uh, financial things and, and that sort of thing. You know, I've got this, uh, I, I've just got to, I've got to show everybody, I've got this little uh, thing somebody made for me, a little, a, a guy that I discipled for a while. It's a turtle on a fence post. Okay. Because we were talking about uh, how, you know, so nobody gets to where they are uh, by themselves, you know, and I, and I think, uh, maybe we have a tendency to, to say, well, you know, this business succeeded because of my hard work and, uh, all of these things. And, and, uh, I've had a tendency to, to, to think that. And then I reminded, Hmm, uh, did I pick my parents? Did, did I decide to be born in America at a certain time? Uh, you know, to have health care and parents who cared about education and, all kinds of things. Uh, 
I feel like at the end of the day, probably from a global standard, uh, maybe I was born on third base when I'm taking credit uh, for hitting a home run. Maybe I just somebody else bunted and I just, you know, squeeze played it in. So uh, so I think this idea of uh, uh, that, that, you know, God really is in charge, <laughs> whether we acknowledge it or not, uh, is a pretty basic concept. I'll, let, me, let me get us started maybe with uh, just one scripture. And I know there's so many uh, stories in the Bible about this. And I know some of our uh, listeners and watchers are, are going to say, you, you missed my favorite verse. So we apologize to you because we know there's a lot but we got limited time. But one, one of the real short, basic ones, Haggai 2.8. I mean, uh, God says the silver is mine and the gold is mine. And, uh, you know, one of the things you and I were talking about is like, there, there's an old joke about the guy who, uh, you know, piles up his gold and has everybody bury it in his coffin with him, you know? And he's like, I'm, I haven't been that good on earth. So when I get to heaven, I'm going to buy my way in. So, you know, get up there and, uh, you know, St. Peter greets him or whatever. And, and, uh, he's like, Hey, I know I wasn't that good, but here's my gold. You know, can I, can I get in? And St. Peter just kind of chuckles, opens up the gate and shows him that the uh, streets of heaven are paved with gold. You know, that's yeah. just not going to do any good here. So you may want to think about the way you, uh, think about building things here on earth. What, what, what comes to mind when I talk about that? Yeah. You know, uh, can you be a bad steward? I mean, mm. yeah, I mean, if, if God owns everything in the whole world in the way that we use it is a reflection of our lordship and the allegiance to him, then absolutely. Even the guy that owns the adult bookstore, he's a bad steward, but he's still a steward. And so, yeah, I'm thinking about this. Can, can you be a, can you be a bad steward and still serve God? Uh, uh, that's tough. What do you think about that? Well, so, okay, let, let's do another scripture. First Timothy 6.18 says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. I like that verse because it's like, okay, well, wh what's the definition of a good steward? What, what are we supposed to do with what we have? Okay, do good, be rich in good deeds, be generous and willing to share. Well, yeah. fundamentally, I think in our flesh, we're selfish you know? Um, and we were talking about it. I, I think I kind of wake up in a selfish state of mind and I got to have my quiet time to get back on God's agenda as best I can. And, uh, but I got to ask him to plant that new heart in me on my own. Uh, I'll, I'll be selfish. So getting back to what he would say. So I think if you're not doing good, if you're not rich in good deeds, if you're not being generous and willing to share, maybe, maybe there's a gap in your, uh, your, your stewardship. How do you think about that? Yeah, you know, absolutely. I've heard it said that generosity or excuse me, uh, ownership and stewardship are two sides of the same coin. And mm. actually, if you look at a coin closely, there's a, there's a band around it and that center band, you know, is another side. So there's actually three sides to a coin and lordship is that center band, you know, that's going to determine, how you view God, how you handle yourself as an owner and as a, as a steward, or excuse me, as a steward, not an owner. God's the owner. And we just go about our short time on earth. The older I get, the shorter I realize my time is on earth. And the simple question is, Lord, what do you want me to do with the opportunities I have? I, I own a business. I'm also full-time in ministry with Youth for Christ. 
Lord, what is it that you've put me here to do? Why do I get these opportunities? Why, Jeff, were you and I born and all of us listening into this particular amazing country at this particular time in history? Thank goodness we weren't born in the 1200s and stuff. I just wouldn't, I wouldn't have made it very long. <laughs> but man, Lord, you have given me a mission. What's that mission? How do I serve you, Jesus? How do I make your name known? That to me is the management of my life. That's the stewardship of every breath I get to breathe. And um, yeah, it, when we put that in perspective, when we think about it, the stresses, the heaviness of life, the hard days, the sleepless nights, all that starts to go away. Because at the end of it all, I know I am just simply following the Lord, trying my best to follow him and do what he's asked me to do. That's all he asked. And he's a loving and good father. Man, we could go off on that for a long time. But I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, it's central, frankly, to the uh, to being a Christ follower is, is this, you know, like, let him live in me in uh, him to be glorified, not not ourselves. But, you know, I just keep thinking about, you know, uh, restating what you said. It's like it actually takes the pressure off. Like you said, if 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 you're gripping every decision you're trying to make to maximize your own sort of outcome for yourself, that's kind of a stressful thing to do and a lot of pressure. And I think, uh, number one, my decision making is flawed. So if I'm making the decisions, uh, they're going to be flawed decisions and I'm going to grip them too tight. If I think if that's thinking like an owner, if I'm thinking like a steward and I ask God, okay, in every situation, what do you want me to do about this kid situation, this business situation, this money situation, marriage, whatever uh, realm? And he has all the right answers. So my strategy is better to begin with. And then I don't have the pressure. Uh, my finances, my business, my family, all of those things are God's. And he will do what he wants with them. So the pressure is off me. And yeah. so uh, so if if I have better strategy, less pressure, the outcome's almost always better. Uh, and, and, and he always says he'll have, he'll bring us joy and other people and we'll be on his agenda. And we don't have all of that, uh, that mess that I create for myself. So I think you're exactly right. It's just the pressure is off. That, I've been hanging out in two sections of scripture that are parallel passages, Matthew five, six, and seven is the sermon on the, the Mount. And um, the parallel passage in Luke is Luke chapter 12. Yeah. So Luke chapter 12, starting in verse 22, we're going to go through this, talk it through, but the words of Jesus have power, right? Jeff and I, we might make you laugh. We're a good, fun group of dudes to hang out with, but <laughs> Jesus actually has power. So let's, let's look at what Jesus said about this whole concept and uh, start in verse 22. He said to his disciples, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat, about your body, what you'll put on. Why did he say the therefore? Anytime I see therefore in the scripture, I want to know what is it there for? Well, this is coming off of the story of the guy that's building bigger barns, tearing down his barns, building bigger barns because he wants to be rich. And, and he wasn't rich towards God. And in the last part of that, verse 21, which is why the therefore is there, he lays up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God. God was not happy with him. So, Therefore, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about what you eat, about your body, what you put on. I mean, I tell my wife that every time I'm I'm getting dressed for church. Look at this. I'm not worried about it. I'm just going comfortable. Not quite the same. <laughs> Verse 23. 
Jesus says, life is more than food and the body is more, more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor, nor they reap. They neither have storehouses or barns, and God feeds them. How much more valuable are you than the birds? I live on an acre in Colorado here on the side of a mountain ridge. I've got bears. I've got deers. I've got all kinds of creepy animals, <laughs> all kinds of cool stuff. And I've wondered, we have these hard freezes with lots of snow that comes through. And those guys, they survive. God feeds them. And yet Jesus says in this passage, he loves us even more. And yet he takes care of us. We're all going to be all right. You know, I think I think you're hitting on this is this is so critical because I think what this is identifying and what you're talking about is an obstacle to becoming a steward, not an owner. So I think what, what God's addressing here, the, the thing that really hits me is why, especially early in my career, I think I was gripping things and trying to act like the pretend like I was in charge and everything got better when I allowed God to get in charge. But there was a probably a decade in business where I was really gripping it and asking him to bless my plans, you know? And I think, why was I doing that? I, first of all, I thought I'd be more fun to do it my way. That was totally wrong. But the other thing is, you know, I really wanted my needs provided for, and I don't think I trusted him the way I needed to. And what this is like, he's like, you have no idea how much you can trust me. And I know you need those things. So this obstacle of like, I'm not going to be okay if I give the reins over. I Don't you think, don't you think that's some kind of a barrier to letting go? Spot on. I mean, we are worry making machines. There you go. About everything. Yeah. <laughs> and I can invent things to worry about. Well, <laughs> worry making machines. I like that. Jesus knew that this is the condition of our heart. And it's our natural DNA. It's our wiring. It's how we are. And he goes into this verse 25, picking up right there. He says, which one of you by worrying can add even one cubit to his statute? If you're not able to do the least of these things, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They don't toil. They don't spin. They don't work. <laughs> Yet I say to you, even Solomon in all of his glory, was not as arrayed as one of these. So if I can clothe the grass of the field, which is here today, gone tomorrow, how much more will you be taking care of you of little faith? So don't seek what you should eat, what you should drink. Have and have not an anxious mind. You know, uh, the the one of the things that catches me uh, in the contrast between being a business person and just being in ministry as if just being in ministry is a, a limited thing, but man, when I'm, when I'm balancing payroll and I'm handling accounts receivable accounts, payable, all the heavy things that just make a business go sales and marketing, all these things. I, I find myself slipping back into that, what you described early in your career. I, I have to learn and practice being anxious for nothing, being diligent, but not being anxious because it really is the Lord that makes the seeds grow. I mean, I can't do much about it. I can do my best, but at, there is that point where you got to you, you gotta let go, let the Lord do it. Have you ever gone through a season in your life where you've really struggled to just let it go? That, that, that was the number one thing for me. Somebody asked me the other day was, uh, I, I was giving a talk to a young professionals group actually uh, uh, this week. And somebody said, was it, 
was it easier to trust God uh, early in your career or or later? And he thought, well, and I think his premise was it must be harder later when you've got more to manage yeah. than early. And I thought, that's interesting that you say that because I thought it was just the reverse. I think it's different for everybody. But for me, I was, you know, I had student loans coming out of college. I was like, I got to take the reins on this deal, pay these babies off, build a business. Like it's all on me. And, uh, and, and, we, we, and man, I felt God tugging on me and I kept turning up the radio in the morning to drown him out because I didn't want to hear it. I wanted to do my thing and then ask and then pray for him to bless my thing. So for me early, it was hard because I had this control thing and my, I, I was not that mature spiritually. And then when I finally got to an empty place uh, in my early thirties, I was like, you know, I started making some money and I thought, why isn't this making me happy? Something must be wrong. And that actually drove me to start studying these scriptures that we're talking about and going, whoa, I'm taking credit for all this. I'm on my own agenda. He is screaming at me through his word. Things will go better for you. I mean, what you just read is like, I'm trying. You're, you're settling for hamburger and I'm trying to give you a steak. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, what he has for us is so much better. It just, so for me, it's gotten easier later as I've seen what he's done and the emptiness that my own leading uh, led to. Uh, I don't want that. I'm addicted to the stuff that he surprises me with all the time. Just like hanging out with you. This is fun. I wouldn't have been doing this if I was still trying to do my own thing. Awesome. Well, Jesus drives home this conclusion and he states it this way, starting in verse 30. All these things the nations of the world seek after, and your father knows that you need these things. God's not a, I mean, he's not a killjoy. He knows what we need. Exactly. He knows exactly how to how to how to surprise us and, and bless us. But seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. Don't fear for your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell what you have, give alms, provide for yourselves money bags which don't grow old. Treasure in heaven that do not fail. No thief or moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. I mean, that, that's not there. Okay, it's, uh, okay, no. okay. We got to get into this one. <laughs> we got to get into this one. Verse 33. A treasure in the heavens that does not fail. Man. Where no thief approaches nor moth destroys. What do you... What's the picture you get when you see that? I think God is giving us the opportunity to be eternal investment brokers. Everything that we we give, everything that we do, we're gonna. The, the scripture says there's a bema seat, right? It's 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 not for your salvation, you're earning your salvation. What you're getting though is you're getting rewards for the way you lived your life as a steward, as a manager for God, and those things no one can take away. We're one heartbeat away from stepping into our eternal destiny. And the crazy thing that's taught all through scripture, it's not just a one verse theology, is that God will give us things in heaven based on the way we lived our life. So this is the best of all worlds. Here on earth, I can just be a steward and a manager of what God's given me. I can relax, not be anxious for things. God's got it covered. And on the flip side, I get rewarded and paid for all of eternity and on earth here. God knows we need things. 
for the way that I do what God asked me to do. That's awesome. Let me tell you <laughs> something. I don't think, I think I was probably in my late thirties, maybe 40 years old before I, I really understood that theology, to be honest with you. And I'm, I'm not pretending to be some big theologian. I'm just a, a, a business guy in a wealth management business. Okay. But, but this idea, Randy Alcorn, you know, I interviewed him on the generous business owner podcast. I Good. love this. This guy is probably, if you haven't read any of his books, I, we, we would suggest you, you read them, uh, money, possessions and eternity and all kinds of things, the treasure principles, sh shorter version. But Randy has this great line that just every time I read this verse, I think about this thing that Randy says. He says, you can't take it with you, kind of like we were talking about the hearse with the U-Haul, Yeah, but you can send it ahead. Hmm. I love that idea of just what you said. People don't understand, like, God is fair, you know? Like, you, you know, there's, there's stories about the worker who comes at the 11th hour and, you know, also gets into heaven. But the workers who who do all of these amazing things, they are rewarded. So what we do with our money in this little snapshot of a life, like you said, it's a fleeting deal. The generosity we have, the other people we bring into the kingdom, the the kids we fund at Youth for Christ who get to know Jesus that we'll be in heaven with, those are the crowns that will live with us forever that we get to trade this temporal stuff for uh, eternally. Eternity is a long time <laughs> compared yeah. to this life. So I love this idea of a trade, a trade of temporal things for eternal assets. Like there, there is value given because God is fair that way. That. That's a that's a pretty interesting theological idea that I don't think is preached that much. Have you heard it's that? Much? Pretty mind-boggling to really. Yes, it is. And and it's you can do a big study. I I wrote a book called The Generosity Journey, and I spent a lot of time teaching what the Bible says on heaven, eternity, and how to get rewards. And I mean, at first, I didn't believe that. I didn't believe it. I thought ah, this whoever I heard it from first was like, I don't think that's. I don't think that's scriptural. I think that suits your agenda. And as I studied, right. I found it to be heavy and deep in scripture. And it is an amazing life-giving thing. Hey, one other thing before we wrap up. I was looking at this verse 31, seek first the kingdom of God. Mm, that's a big one too. It's a huge one. It reminded me, I'm rolling through life. I've got a, I've spent, I've had a career in ministry. I've, I've got a business now. And all of a sudden I get tapped by the Lord to go work at Youth for Christ to, to reach the, the next generation for, for Jesus. And, and I thought, okay, well, I'm going to exit the business. And the Lord felt like clearly he said, no, I, I want you to do the evangelism work at Youth for Christ, step into the position that he opened up for me and do the business. Because most of the guys that I work with in my business, they've never heard the gospel. They've never had a pastor share their life with them. And I get to do both. And I, I get to sit in our staff meetings and discuss with my guys why I do both and how I do both and what's happening to Youth for Christ. And I'm bringing the kingdom of God into the marketplace in a different and unique way. This is a pretty cool setup. This is a pretty cool opportunity. But I'll tell you, the only reason outside of seeking first the kingdom, the only reason I was willing to answer that call is because I understand I am a steward and not an owner. Lord, what do you want me to do? And this looks impossible. But God, every week keeps opening doors and doing things that I could not possibly do. So you want to oh, talk about is, living a life is, of adventure? Yeah, this, this is, is so good. This is so good because 
it, that, I'm glad you pointed out that that verse because it really gets to the heart of this. I mean, it's a pretty famous verse, but for a reason. Yeah. So think about that. So so what it doesn't what it, what does it not say? What it doesn't say is what I was thinking when I was 22 years old, which is seek first your financial contentment and <laughs> then ask God to bless it. Yeah, it's, I missed that part. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, where is that verse 32? No, it's not in there. Seek first the kingdom and all these other things you're worried about will be taken care of, like the birds of the air, all of that stuff. It doesn't say seek first your comfort yeah. and then uh, the spiritual stuff will uh, be added to you. No, seek first the king is so good because it's so easy to get it the opposite. You got that right. Well, I hope this really helps everyone on their journey. We could go off on this for hours and hours. I think we probably ought to pull out and make another podcast on the eternal investment side. And yeah, we just yeah, we should dig through the scriptures and find find some of that stuff. Um, you're an excellent teacher and a good good role model for many of us, Jeff. Thank you so much for being with us. And um, man, I'm just glad that we get an opportunity to do this. You mind closing us in prayer on this podcast? I would would be happy to do it, uh, Lord. I just thank you for uh, my friend Gunner. I thank you for uh, the long legacy of Youth for Christ and the new energy that's uh, uh, leading it today, uh, Lord. The principles never change, and uh, Lord, we just acknowledge that you are in charge and we are not. You have all the answers, and we do not have them. So we seek you for those. We uh, we we pray for everybody watching and listening to this, uh, that they do, as uh, verse 31 says, seek your kingdom first, and we know that you will add everything that they're worried about back to them. So we just thank you uh, that you do that for us, and we, and we just uh, seek all this and pray all this in your son's holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Gunner. Great to be with you.